Welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter, and I appreciate you for listening. This is a podcast where we speak with different creative entrepreneurs about their strategies, stories, and tips to apply and learn. You can find us on all social media platforms at Creative Assist, and that's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T, or you can find us at creativeassist.com. Hey everyone, before the show starts, I'd like to give a huge shout out and thanks to our partners at Art and Ambition Studios. If you're a creator, I highly recommend you check them out for resources, support, and to go ahead and check out more that they have to offer, check them out at artandambitionstudios.com. Once again, that is artandambitionstudios.com. Thank you guys, and let's get on with the show. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I hope all is well out there. I'm your host, Dexter, and I appreciate you for listening as always, I encourage all you guys to go ahead and subscribe and share and leave some feedback as well. That would be greatly appreciated and welcome to the show. Um, today, we're going to be talking about e-commerce, about watches, about my man, Jay Donaldson. What's going on this morning or oh, afternoon? What's going on, man? Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, Jay Donaldson here. You know, uh, thanks for having me, first off and foremost. And I look forward to hopefully giving some good nuggets to your audience and adding some type of value. Of course, man. No doubt. No worries. Well, welcome to the show, my man. Uh, he He's the creator of Don Peace Collection, man. Uh, first of all, I, you know, I come across watch brands often, me being an e-commerce photographer, and dude, like these watches are really good, like really good quality. I was looking at everything. I was like, man, like, and then I was reading into it a little bit. And uh, you said you design, you know, these these pieces and all this stuff. And, you know, I just really, really like the look of them. So, um, you know, congrats on the success so far. Yeah, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. You know, a lot of hard work goes into it, so I definitely appreciate the feedback. Oh, of course, man. Uh, usually we start off by um, asking our guests a little bit about themselves. So if you don't mind giving a little bit, uh, you know, to our to my listeners about who you are and what it is that you do. All right. Yeah, my name is Jay Donaldson. Uh, I currently reside in Dallas, Texas, but I'm originally from uh, South Omaha, Nebraska. Um I own Donkey's Collection, as you were saying. It's a watch company that I started from scratch. Um, I'm also in the real estate, and I'm also getting ready to launch a, a logo creation company. Um, and I've been, Donkey's has been, I established Donkey's three years ago. It'll be three, three years ago today almost. So, yeah, I've been oh, okay. for about three years now. About three years now. Okay, cool, man, cool. Yeah. You also you said you're in real estate and a logo creation company, too. Tell us a little about uh, the logo creation company you got uh, cooking up. Yeah, well, uh, with the logo uh, company, I actually, like, I've been creating logos for my own business. And, um, like, it's actually something I've been doing, like, lightweight with my other businesses that I'm getting ready to launch. So I thought, why don't I just, like, kind of do it myself? Because, you know, there's a lot of logo companies out there, and there's a lot of people that kind of come to me asking for resources as far as as logos or business questions because they know that I'm in business or entrepreneurship. So I figured it was another way for me to kind of, add value but at the same time get another business going under my umbrella that i'm already doing um and that's kind of the main thing that it's not something i'm actually going out of my way to do because i am already doing it for myself (laughs) right yeah it's capitalizing on those strengths of yours right Um, yeah exactly yeah 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 i think more people should uh focus on that you know um i was Mm -hmm. just talking about this a little bit earlier man people jump oftentimes i see people jump um from you know side hustle to side hustle to side hustle right like we see it happen and it's just like you know it's hard to grow when you're constantly just moving pieces around like that all the time man like 
if you just bet on your strengths and just stay focused on something long enough, you know, you'll see more growth than you constantly moving around. Like, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I definitely agree on that. And I see myself, like, you see, like, one person selling, like, for instance, there was a big thing, like, five, six years ago, like, a lot of people were selling, like, hair extensions and weave and stuff like that because they've seen other people doing it, doing it and having success. But it's like, I've always been one of those people where I kind of, I want to stay in my own lane and kind of stick to my strengths because I know if there's something that I'm not good at or something I'm not really passionate about, I'm going to stop doing it in a few weeks. So I really only do the stuff that I'm interested in, like my watches or the stuff that I know that I'm good at and I'm already doing, like the logos. And then the real estate thing, it's like that's really long-term. I'm big on legacy. So, I, you know, you can't – like I can, you can leave your family money and all these different things, but you can't really put a dollar on real estate because it's always like – it's always going to go up and it's always there. Like it's physical. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm yeah. big on, on real estate too. So that's the reason why I kind of stick to those three things. It goes back to kind of what you say as far as doing what you're good at and your strengths and what you're actually passionate about. Yeah, most definitely, man. And um, I heard you mention legacy too. I think that plays a huge part in it too. When you're looking into building stuff for the long haul, right? Like when you can find mm-hmm. something like that that you can just stick to for like and play the long game, you know, and maybe exactly. cause I, know, I know with that stuff too, it oftentimes like, you know, you, the growth is just different when you're not focused on just money and just side hustles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff takes yeah. a longer process sometimes. And um, I think that gets people kind of caught up. Why are you so big on legacy? I know I am too. Like I try and picture stuff like in the future and try to make sure that, you know, things are more like in the foundation. Um, so why are you being yeah. on that? I'm big on that just because I've like just I've studied big companies and like you even think about like the first Rolex that was created like it was like hundreds of years ago. Are you look to think of, think about the bigger brands that are out there? Like most of like Ralph Lauren Polo like it's been around for like decades and you know our generation kind of wants to microwave everything, <laughs> but I've been able to kind of sit back and kind of watch these bigger brands that I've been studying are these bigger companies because I do, I have a corporate background. I worked in corporate for some time. And so you kind of see that it's all about longevity. And so that's why I'm big on, um, on legacy and trust in the process because like, it might not like the average business is going to fail. Like the government says what they give you, I think it's like you have to basically turn green in three to five years. I mean, three of your five first years. So they're already expecting most businesses to not last five years. Right. So with that, like when I'm looking at it from that way, it's like, okay, I'm giving myself this many, like this many years to make my businesses sufficient. And so when you look at it like that, it's like you have to think long term. You can't think short term. Otherwise, like you're going to feel like they expect you to. And mm-hmm. if you go into anything with a short term, a short term, like kind of out of you, you're going to get those short term results and you're going to, you're going to fold if you're not thinking long term and legacy. Right. No, that's really true. And I, I like I like how you mentioned that too, like three to five years. You know, people, yeah. I don't even feel like sometimes I come into things thinking about the next month and not even like the five years, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got to be rooted in that type of stuff for sure, man. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, man. Um, now, so what got you into, um, what got you into e-commerce and building your watch brand? Like what, what sparked this whole thing? Well, I actually, I was on a trip to Vegas. Like me and my close friends, we do a trip to Vegas uh, annually. And it was one year we were there um, and I just couldn't find a watch that would like go with my day clothes and also match with my uh, nighttime clothes. 
and so I was uh, I was on Snapchat the next morning, and I was just looking at my watch from my. Cause I was flashing the watch that I had at the time on my Snap a lot, and so then it kind of just dawned on me. I was like, oh, I'll just create my own watch line. And so then after that, I kind of once I got off the flight back home, I kind of went in the lab and kind of started lining up the resources, kind of seeing what I needed to do to get the company started, what I needed financially. And then I started kind of from there, once I realized that it was obtainable, I kind of started sketching my own designs out and sending them out to different suppliers and kind of getting quotes and kind of getting them to do the actual mock-ups for me and stuff like that. And then once I got everything, all my ducks in a row, it kind of took off from there. I kind of dropped it from there, I should say. You said you're, you're, you're studying like other watch companies and just kind of like yeah. watching how like the watch business kind of unfolds and stuff like that, right? Yeah, because I kind of, I think it's, it's, I think it's like, it's, because I'm a business, I also have a, my degree in sports management, but it's also like a lot of business courses wearing that. And like, what I learned a lot from that was that you kind of have to play the back for a while before you kind of jump into something. And so that was kind of the philosophy I took. Like, I didn't like get off the plane and then immediately drop a watch line. Like I got off the plane and started, like I took like a good 12 months before I even dropped down piece. And I wanted to see like, what is what's the market doing like what are other watch companies doing what what's what's selling like what do i want to what kind of watches do i want to make because if i would have jumped off the got off the plane and dropped the watch line i would have probably released a bunch of things that i wasn't really sure of or that might have just been poor quality and stuff like that and when you give yourself kind of time like i did you kind of get to test samples kind of test quality of certain different pieces and stuff like that and actually get to formulate of playing correctly right so you were serious serious like you were yeah yeah because you know <laughs> sometimes man we run into these e-commerce brands that that you know the people get into to the mind frame of i want to just buy low and then sell high mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and without thinking about what the market wants what it's doing thinking about the other you know internal pieces that are moving around like what's what's being sold out here and you know, you exactly. actually took the time to sit down and, and make a plan. I think that's that's honestly the difference between like mm-hmm. you know something like that's successful and something that's constantly struggling. And then also your creatives kind of play a huge part into what you do too. So it's all mm-hmm. these different things. Um, so yeah, I like that. It's a good move. Yeah, thank you. I definitely agree with that. And also, like <laughs> I was looking through your Instagram, man. Like you got all these celebrities away your stuff. How'd you even get to uh, you know some of these people to do that? Um, really, it was really social media, like Instagram, like, like when I first started, I would just like tag, tag celebrities in, a, uh, like in some of my photos and like some, some of them would go and like it. Like they, some of them would ignore it, some would like it. And the ones that liked it, I would just shoot them a DM, like, this is who we are. Um, could we possibly suit you a care package? And then from there, we sent the care package to some celebrities, like they, they like to watch, so they come back and buy another one. And then some of them, they might look like you might not hear back from them, but that's kind of how I got that lane going. And then um, I had, also I had some, uh, what do you call them? Some fashion uh, stylers that started to reach out to me over time. And I kind of worked with them. Um, and some of them, they buy watches from me for their shoots and stuff like that. And uh, that's how I get a lot of those celebrities to um, wear the watches. And it's organic at that point because like they're already, they're styled, they're getting styled with the watch. So it's not like I'm, having to pay them or anything like that it's just really networking i would say more so right yeah and that's cool how at that point they just really want to work because they like it that's dope as hell yeah exactly yeah and that's, that's the ultimate goal right right 
I was also reading through. I I do a lot of I do a lot of uh, research on on my guests. But okay. I also through, um, and I seen the number five that you know represents something. It also keeps the watches distinctive. Uh, so w- what is that meaning behind the number five on the watches? You know, with the number five, you know, I was thinking when I was in a designing page, I mean, the designing phase of the whole brand, I was kind of trying to think of something that would differentiate my watch from like a, a Rolex or a Timex or anything like that. And so I came up with the number five because it's like the average entrepreneur is rising at 5 a.m. to get their day started. And then at the time I was working in corporate and everybody was like hustling to five o'clock, basically. And so that number kind of stuck out the most because it's like, you got the entrepreneurs at 5 a.m. and you got the, the regular corporate workers or the business workers working till 5 p.m. Like that's usually the time that they're trying to get back and get home to their family. So that was kind of a no brainer once I put that together. Oh, right, right. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That's a cool little, little idea. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. And now outside of the uh, watches now, so what about your journey as an entrepreneur has helped you in life overall? Like for me, a lot of this stuff teaches me patience a lot of patience mm-hmm. and just understanding that things take a while to grow. Even with dealing with people in relationships, you know, like it taught me a lot of patience that like, you know, people don't necessarily grow um, just because mm-hmm. I want them to, you know what I'm saying? Like things right. take time and people absorb information differently. And uh, me being somebody who is on a podcast and, you know, I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly in it. I'm no expert. So just that mm-hmm. entire process made me understand patience. Uh, so what are some of the things that like helped you in this process? I think the biggest, like the biggest thing I would say, one thing is that it's helped me with is become more of a people person. Like I was, I've always been like in high school, I've always been a social person, but like I also grew up in an environment where we really don't talk to strangers. Are we really, like it's less is more is where I'm from basically. Um, growing up in the inner city, it's like less is more. You don't really talk to people outside of your circle and stuff like that. And so becoming a businessman, like I kind of had to let my guard down in certain situations to kind of become more social. Like even with social media, like I like I really didn't like social media before um, I started my businesses. But I've learned that you like that's kind of the bread and butter. I was trying to build something e-commerce wise is communicating with potential customers, just communicating in general with the organic, like organic communication brings more sales than anything that I've noticed, uh, which, well, that's what I've noticed over the years. And then also, I would say just mental strength, like in mental strength and then say it not, not staying too high and not staying too low, because like I've had days where I've done like a thousand dollars in sales. And then I've once like my first year, I went a whole month with no sales. And it's like that stuff can like it'll mess with you mentally because it makes you question everything that you're kind of doing already. And so I think it's definitely taught me mental strength. And it's like you have to have faith and you have to like persevere through those, those downs and you can't be too high when you're, when you are at a high moment, because if you are too high, then you're just going to crash once you do have that low spot. So <laughs> yeah. I think those are the kind of the biggest things I've learned through entrepreneurship. Yeah, definitely, man. And that's true, right? Like it feels like shit, man. We can't even, we can't even celebrate the wins. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, the, that's kind of the weird part. Cause it's like, like even even my wife at times she was like you should be happy about that and then I just be like I'm like yeah it's good but you know I'm still grinding because it's like you can't like you can't it's not like it's not like anything else like you just can't celebrate too much yeah of anything 
<laughs> yeah, no, I feel that for sure. Like people will tell me, "Hey, man, aren't you? That's a, that's pretty big, man. That's a good accomplishment. How how come you're not? You yeah. seem happy right now." I was like, "Man, but I don't know. Tomorrow, I can wake up and I, you know, some bullshit might happen. So, right, <laughs> you gotta exactly. stay poised." Yeah, no, nah, uh-huh. no, nah, but I hear you on that one, man. Um, I yeah. definitely, I, I definitely can relate to that. And you know, also the part about communication. Um, you know, just I'd never noticed because I'm I'm very mm-hmm. introverted myself, man. I just never noticed how much yeah. over communicating to people, how important that really is, and just not being afraid to network and everything like that. It's just so it's so important. Yeah, it's like essential to entrepreneurship and in business in general. And that that was like one of my downfalls my first few years because it was still like I was trying to be the regular Jay, but not realizing that I'm holding my business back by moving a certain way where I really need to be more social and talk to people. And, you know what I mean? We Like, for instance, like even like my Facebook, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't post anything on Facebook and talk about nothing, barely posting my watch stuff. And then like over the years, I'm like, when I do post it, like I'm actually getting sales and when I do engage with people, it's actually increasing sales. So maybe I do need to turn my engagement up on here and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely right. agree on that. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just a constant engagement. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, when it comes to, um, you know, because, you know, man, like, it's, it's especially for, you know, being a creative uh, like myself, you know, oftentimes we hear people um, pushing back when it comes to passion, right? Like, everybody has a think mm-hmm. piece around passion. Like, you shouldn't do yeah. it, you know. You should be focused on your financials. You should be doing this first. Everybody has an opinion about what you know they should be doing when it comes to pursuing a yeah. passion. Um, but what are your thoughts about that? I think you should do what's good for you. You know what I mean? Because like when people say those things, they're like, like you are gonna go. You could potentially go broke trying to be an entrepreneur, but you could also be broke working a nine to five. I'm like, I know people that work a nine to five that still live on paycheck to paycheck, or not even live on paycheck to pay- paycheck. So if I do what works for you, like you're obviously. If you're not in a position to take a risk, don't put yourself in a bad situation. But if you kind of have something built up, like you need to take that, like take that risk. Like for instance, when I took my risk in time, well, once I went full time in entrepreneurship, I had saved up me an emergency fund because I knew, like I already knew what I was getting into. And so I kind of like, I built myself, like I put myself in a position to do it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anybody to do it without being ready. And make sure that you actually, like, you have your ducks in a row. Don't just jump off the deep end with no plan because, I mean, there's not going to be anybody to save you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> there'll be no one to save you. It's full accountability right. once you get out here, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that, man. Having that emergency plan, dude, like, that that has been a, such a huge, it's been a game changer for me being a full-time creator when I was, when I was like in my early teens and because I didn't Mm -hmm. have anything saved up, me being naive that I can just get out here and pursue a passion. Like the world cares that I'm passionate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. The world doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. No, not at all. And having just multiple sources of income now, that's just, it just changes the game completely. So I, I definitely agree. Like you should have something saved up, but at the end of the day, man, like it's just about what we want to do, like what's right for us. Exactly. That's for sure. Then the other thing, like just before I, we get off that topic, I definitely like when you're uh, you're thinking like there's any entrepreneur thinking about going into a full time, and you think like this is what you should do. I would definitely recommend to do it now because you don't want to be. I think it's Gary V, and he was saying something about um, 
if you want to, he said something about going to an old folks home or something like that. Like it's full of regret. It's people in oh, there yeah. with like, full of regrets or something to that extent. And it's like, you don't want to be that person that's 40, 50, 60 regretting that you didn't take that risk in your teens or your twenties or your thirties. Cause like, or even your forties, cause forties not even old. Like you need to take that risk as soon as, as soon as you're ready, I would say. Yeah. But don't you rather you rather take the risk and fail than don't take the risk for regret. I would say we my message with that. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. You you have to it's like you have to act quickly, but it's like mm-hmm. a calculated type of quick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he says a bunch of random shit that's kinda cool. I don't know why people yeah, just like he, the guy. He's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he he drops nuggets like and he like he doesn't have any remorse about anything. Like it's been I there was I think there was something he posted yesterday and some dude has said something about his his wife's parents told him not to pursue something like that. Yeah. And Gary Vee was just like, Fuck them <laughs> And he's like, Oh, that's all you have to tell me? And he's like, Yeah, like yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> and it's like it's true, like why are you listening to what they have to say if that's what you want to do? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how social media is, though, man. Everybody has an opinion on something. You know, everybody. Yeah. Has, and like the, the the bad thing about it is the opinions are so, it's my opinion or it's totally wrong. You know, there's no right. there's no room for it. Well, maybe, or there's no room for consideration. It's just not. It's just you do it this way. If you don't do it this way, you're dead ass wrong. Like, that's not how life yeah. works. I just wish people, yeah, exactly. I just, I wish people would come to the more like the realization that you know your life is totally in, under your control, and not everything is just like an absolute. You know what I'm saying? That everything is absolute, man. Like things, things could yeah. happen for you this way. Things could happen for you that way. Um, right. I don't know. It's not that, black and white. Yeah, it's not black and white. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree on that. So, what are some of the hurdles that you had to push yourself through while building your business? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is just like that mental perseverance. Like, I give you some, like, well, I was telling you, like, for instance, when I first started Don Peace, my first year, it was June of, uh, damn, group was, uh, excuse me, June of 2016. Like, I went a whole month with no orders, and it was just like, like, what the hell? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, am I doing something wrong? And it just, like, it makes you question everything that you're doing. But then, like, that, that August of that month, I had my best month ever. And so it's just like, it's just like mental perseverance is like the biggest thing I had to overcome. Cause it's like, you really have to, you really got to be cut different to be an entrepreneur. It's like, you really, really just have to have like a strong sense of faith in everything that you're doing. And don't question, like, don't give up. I should say the biggest thing, like, don't, don't put all your, all your chips, don't throw your chips in because like, it's not a good day or a good month. Cause you right. never know the things might turn around for you. Yeah, that's true. All and it then takes another move. thing is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then another thing is just, uh, just like even I don't know, entrepreneurship is just different, man. It's a lot of different hurdles that you kind of have to go through. Like even the whole, this whole stigma. Like when you talk to people that's not entrepreneurs, they kind of think that it's like you retired almost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when it's like, I'm working my, I'm working harder now than I was when I was working a nine to five. It's like, shit, if I don't make no money today, this week, like that's like, I'm in the red for the week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. This is different. It's like overcoming that hurdle of like, this is, this is just all mental really. Yeah. It's all mental. You're right yeah. about that. Yeah. And you know, it's yeah. too, people don't, 
people don't really even think um, that you're working sometimes, man, because it's, it's online. Yeah. So just because you don't yeah. see me moving around, driving around 24-7, that doesn't mean I'm not working. <laughs> right. And that, that, I think that's the most frustrating part with entrepreneurship is the people that not that doesn't live with you are the people that um, are not entrepreneurs. They don't really understand that you don't really have an off minute when you're an entrepreneur, like you're working around the clock. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know yeah. why or how we do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be asking myself the same thing. I'll be like, "Why the hell did I do this again?" And then I, yeah, now I remember why I did it. But, but yeah, because it can be crazy, man. Like, should it drive you crazy if, if you let it? Oh hell yeah, it will. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said um, yeah, now nah, like we said a little bit earlier, you were like, you know, entrepreneurs, you have to just be kind of cut a little bit different. And I, I do agree to that. Do you think? Um, yeah. Do you think anyone could just kind of over time mold themselves into just jumping in full time? I think you can. Um, you can. I think you can grow into it. But I don't. Cause there's. I. I think there's a slogan out there, and they say some people are meant to work for themselves, and some people are meant to work for other people. And I think that's true to a degree, cause it's like some people need that that cushion, knowing that I got this check coming next Friday, like no matter what happens. Like, and I think people need that. Some people need that security. But if you can break those type of things, like, I feel like you can do anything. Like, if you can break being comfortable, I would say, as long right. as you don't, you're uncomfortable with being comfortable, if you're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, I feel like you can take entrepreneurship head on and not have no issues. But that's the biggest hurdle. And even go back to that last question, I think I would add that in there, too. That's the biggest hurdle, too, is just being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. Yeah. It's like we live in uncomfort because we never know what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, like you never know what today or tomorrow or even next week is going to hold. Like you have hopes and you put in the work to potentially get a good, get something that you want to happen, but there's nothing guaranteed in entrepreneurship. It's crazy, but I think, you know what, man? I think the experience this has really taught me so much about life. This is so crazy. I used to work, yeah. you know, of course, like like most of us, I used to work nine to five all the time, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I wanted to, you know, but this has really taught me that let life just kind of happen. I was always trying to keep, yeah. I was always trying to keep life in a chokehold or like I was always trying to keep my own life in check, but just letting things right. happen. Because sometimes, man, it'll be, it'll, it'll be like at the end of the day at 10 p.m. and something good can happen, you know, an invoice yeah. or, you know, you. Uh -huh. You see some of your work somewhere that's like, oh shit, like I didn't know that you were paying attention, like, oh wow, and then you get a lot of more yeah. attention. It's just you just never know, man. So just being constantly open has been it's been crazy. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely. Now is there um I was oh, I was gonna ask something else. It, it, it might come to me, but <laughs> has there been um <laughs> has there been any resources that you've uh, picked up while on this path, you know, any books, any podcasts, anything that stuck out? Um, well, I'll say when I first started, it was a podcast uh, called, I think it was How I Built This. I forgot who was, who hosted that one. I forgot his name. I think it was, it was on Webby. Yeah, I forget who hosted, but it was, um, that was one of the podcasts that kind of, when I was first in the design phases of Donkeys, that was like my bread and butter. Like I would literally listen to that podcast at the gym, um, at work, um, on the way home. Like, and they would just have, like, he would just interview like people who had started brands and how they got to where they are today. Like he had, um, let me think, he had Warby Parker on there. He had the lady that makes the purses, I forget her name. Um, but he had some, like there's all big names, but it kind of, 
showed you, like, it, it showed me that I took entrepreneurship wouldn't be easy because, you know, the average, well, even my, like, I have a lot of people that might launch businesses and they go into it thinking that it's going to be like sales every second of the day. And, but after I listened to that podcast, like, I was already prepared for the dark days because it was like, it was Kendra Scott was the lady. Her story really stuck out to me. Like, she was like grinding and wasn't getting any results. And then, like out of nowhere, like you were just saying, like you might get something in the evening. Like she got her break and it just like took off from there and never slowed down. And so I think that podcast kind of set me up for entrepreneurship because it like showed me that you can't be too high or too low because like there's going to be dark days. Um, and then another podcast I tap into is uh, you probably know the hip hop preacher Eric Thomas. I'm a yeah. big, yeah. big fan of his. I tap into his podcast. Usually every time he drops something, his success series uh, was big. Like that was big on mindset. Like that really built my mindset. Um, and then books. I've never been in the books really. Um, I did recently dive into the Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that kind of that's what put me on uh, real estate and got me kind of stuck on uh, real estate. And then I would say just my circle of friends too. I got like a close circle of friends, and we all entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs in one way or another. Um, and so I kind of, we kind of bounce ideas off each other and then we kind of keep each other motivated. And also like my wife and my son and my family, like they just keep me going in general. Like they, like there's a reason why I'm big on legacy. Like, and like, you know, I come from, I kind of come from nothing, humble beginnings, you know, so I want to make sure that my son doesn't have to grow up the way I grew up. All right. And I want to make sure that he's falling into like businesses and stuff like that. So he don't got to, get out in this road because you know as you said earlier the road don't really give a fuck about none of us or nothing nothing that we're doing so you kind of got to set the generation up behind you so i would say that's really what like keeps me going on my entrepreneurship journey because it's like i can't hand a job to my son like it's not even possible for me to be like okay uh i work in corporate uh son so when i get done with this corporate job i'm gonna hand it to you just like it don't work like that but if i have some businesses i can hand them like that really sets him up and sets him apart from the rest of yeah. the people in the world, you know, and that's kind of how they're the rich. If you look at the, these rich families out here, like that's kind of how they set their families up too. Right. I like what you said, man. And that's, and that's much respect by the way, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't have um, no problem. I don't have, I don't have kids yet, man. But you know, there's some things that I've been through in life. It left a scar, but it's almost in a good way, you know, because of just, yeah. just to never want to be broke again or just to never be, in a bad situation, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it sucks having to go through shit like that, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Nah, yeah, definitely can agree to that. It's important to have a good a group of friends who are, you know, doing what you're doing, who can support you and bounce off ideas. So that's a big one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, yeah, that's, cause that's kind of been essential to my path, like with my group of friends. Cause it's like, if you're running with the, the wrong people, or are you surrounded by the wrong people? You're going to end up in the wrong shit. <laughs> yeah. <And> versus, <laughs> yeah, versus you running with, people that are doing things similar to you are even better than you are like, it's, it's definitely key to life. You mentioned, you know, humble beginnings, man. And I, I can relate a lot. So what are some of the things mm-hmm. that like pushed you to want to continue to, you know, work and, and make sure everybody is, uh, is on a stable foundation? Well, my main thing, like, cause when I grew up, it was like, it was nothing was stable in my life, like from living situations, from, so we didn't know if the like we didn't know if the light was gonna be on the next month. You know what I mean? So when you go right. from that, it's like when you become an adult, all you want is stability. Or even like I think my what clicked for me when I was like 
think I was in seventh grade, and we got an eviction notice. And then the landlord, he I came to the house and was like, y'all got three days to move out. And then it was like no sympathy. And it was at that point where I was just like, damn, the world really don't give a fuck about you. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's a 13-year-old. <laughs> and so at <laughs> that point, on, I was just like, I got to position myself to be in a stable situation once I do become old enough. And so it's like, from there, I kind of try to position myself in certain ways to set myself up to be kind of the man of my family and kind of be the one that did knock down walls and knock down barriers. Because it's like, if I didn't do it, nobody else was, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a repeat cycle. My son's going to go through it. My niece is going to go through it. My nephews, younger cousins. Right. And so that's kind of, it was really a mindset thing for me. And I think that moment is like when my mindset shifted where it was just like, it's really a dog eat dog world. And I got to do this for my family. And it's like, Ever since then, like every move I've made, I've kind of kept my family. Even before I had kids, like I always kept my family first because it's like nobody else is going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like if I don't do it, then the next generation is going to be just as fucked up as my generation was. Right. You had, you, you had that motivation to break the cycle. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand that. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been through um, – like pretty much the same thing man well you know mm -hmm. it's different but it's the same like same principles i picked up too when i was young man it was i was about 11 yeah. years old and uh, i mm -hmm. still remember to this day getting that eviction notice um yeah my parents had a home and you know next thing you know we're, we're kicked out we have to couch surf or move from hotel yeah. to hotel man it was a rough time but um that's yeah. that's right that right there that taught me a lot about you know yeah like this world they don't, they don't care about you you got to get your stuff together and then seeing people yeah. on ebt cards and all that other stuff man, man like <laughs> it is yeah and it's like gotta, that's, that's it keeps you it keeps you i can really keep me grounded too because it's like i always remind myself like my mom like she went through a lot growing up and i've seen her go through a lot but the thing about my mom is she didn't shelter me from nothing like if she was going away, because back home, they used to have food stamp lines, you know, before they come out with the cards, they would have the little food stamp dollars and the little packages. Right. And so we would stand in the line because it was like, if you got there early enough, you would get in and out. But if you got there like after nine o'clock, you'd be in line for hours on hours. So my mom, she would let me go with her. But we'd be in line for like three, four hours waiting on these Damn. food stamps. And it was like, like I always remind myself of times like that whenever I'm like getting down or whenever I feel like I'm having a bad day because it's like, this ain't a bad day compared to like waiting in that line for some 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 money from the government. You know what I'm saying? It ain't uh, that's real. Yeah. It's like they got you on display outside basically. You standing in line waiting for that. And it's like there ain't nothing no nothing more low or feeling more low, I would say, because I didn't feel like I felt good because I was my mom, but it don't make you feel good like knowing that you waiting yeah. to get something. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just shit like that. And even like just going without like like piggybacking off of what you said like it ain't nothing worse than feeling that way yeah there's nothing worse than that man just i don't i'm cool on just letting the government take care of me you know what i'm saying yeah I'm so yeah good that's, on that's that. not the move yeah it's not, not the move. move at all <laughs> not the move at all <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um oh man I, hopping out of that dark topic really quick because i wanted to touch on something a little bit earlier you mentioned uh, about your watches actually you mentioned design mm -hmm. and stuff. I thought that was really cool, man. Like, um, you know, it's, especially when I come across drop shipping, drop shipping so often that it's just a product that has no thought behind it. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. So uh, talk about the little, a little bit about that process, like what it was like for you to be designing your own watch and have people wear it. I think that's crazy cool. 
Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, just to piggyback off what you're saying of the dropshipping thing and like kind of even like you see like even t-shirt brands and stuff like that, like they kind of just print something on a shirt or like it is. I just know in my brain it'd be something like that. You know what I mean? When I was going through the uh the the planning process, I was just like, like I don't want my watch to be like a watch where like I'm copying somebody's watch. You know what I'm saying? And just throw my logo on there. So I literally, when I'm designing a watch, I'm literally starting from a circle. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like like literally a circle, and I'm drawing, I'm sketching, I'm coming up with the dimensions. Like like I got a like I can show you like the what I'm sending to my suppliers is like literally numbers. It's like I need this to be eight eight millimeters wide or eight millimeters thick. Like <laughs> yeah, because like for instance, my first watch it was super like it was a thicker, more big face watch, and it was kind of a thicker case, and I didn't really like the way it sat on my wrist. So after that, like I reduced the the um width the thickness of the case on that like it's literally like i'm literally in the lab drawing a freehand like i have some friends and family like they'd be like so who designed them for you, you send them off and i'm like no bro like i'm literally <laughs> drawing these out myself and then from there i send them to my supplier like i send up the, the uh the sketch that i have as well as the dimensions and then they have someone on their side that uh, uh do a mock-up for me like which is like a it, it, you know what a mock-up is basically right. like an example of what I sent them, and then it's either yay or nay. Like I might say, oh no, nah, this don't look right, or this don't look right, or this is good, this is spot on. And then from there, I place the, the order. They send me a sample. I approve or disapprove. If I don't like it, then we start all over. And it's kind of and that's the thing I like about business. It's like I'm a thousand percent in control. And so if something does go soft, like it's on me, but if something goes real good, it's just like, okay, yeah, I hit this one right on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Like my latest release, like I've been building up for the Swiss, for the Swiss watch since I started down piece, but I knew I couldn't come out right away with the Swiss watch. So I just released the Swiss watch, uh, this week, this year, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was, I kind of incorporated some of my, like my, my favorite watch is the uh, Rolex Presidential, so I kind of incorporated some things from that watch, but it wasn't like a a carbon copy of it. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Like it's gold, of course. Like the the gold Presidential, and it like it has Swiss made in the same spot, which every Swiss made watch generally has Swiss made wrote in the same spot. So it kind of isn't even like it, but it's it's similar to the watch in some ways. But all my watches are original. Right. Just to kind of summarize that. And take being able to take those different elements and like you said, you're fully in control. And yeah, I think that's yeah. a, that's a huge plus. But yeah, man. Um, thank you for thank you for being on the show and sharing your story and your process, man. It's it's, it's been it's been a good talk. Yeah, definitely appreciate you for um even sharing your platform with me. I definitely, definitely appreciate it. Of course, man. You're welcome. Anytime, man, anytime. Um wh- now where can we support you? Uh, you can tap in at uh, follow me on um, on uh, Instagram at Dante's Collection, and then on um, on uh, what is it Twitter Dante's TC, and that's just short for Dante's Timeless Collection. On Facebook is Dante's Collection, and then on uh, online is Dante'sCollection.com. But I'm in the process of switching it over. The domain for Dante's just came available, so I'm in the process uh, to buying that domain and switching it over to that. So. If you don't, if you're not able to find me at donpiececollection.com, just delete the collection and go straight to donpiece.com. And that's D-O-N-P-I-E-C-E.com. Okay, cool.
Cool, man. Cool. Good to hear. And uh, of course, I will be leaving all the links in the show notes as well. So that'll be okay. there for you guys if you um, if you didn't remember any of that. Yeah, man. Once again, appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for your time. Absolutely, man. Talk to you soon. All right, you have a great day. Yeah, take care. Hey everyone, that'll wrap up this week's episode. I hope you found this one valuable. Once again, I appreciate you for listening and I encourage you to subscribe and share and leave some feedback as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. Also, you can find us on all social media platforms at Creative Assist and that's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T and creativeassist.com as well. So I hope to talk to you next time on the next episode of the Creative Assist podcast. Until then, take care.